Hello and welcome to episode nine of Badger Watch. It would be eight, but we did the emergency pod. So this is episode nine, apparently, um, where we play cricket11.com and we look at the county championship through the eyes of cricket11.com and who is doing well via their point scoring system. Some of us are riding high and some of us are riding low after this latest round. Um, Chev, how did you go? Um, it wasn't too bad, I think. Um, I think I came, well, I was 201st overall for this round, so I'm not a massively impressive rider, I think. But um, uh, decent points. I think that my top, two top scorers were the usual suspect of Ollie Robertson, the wicketkeeper, who I think everyone's got nowadays anyway. Uh, and uh, Masood uh, was just three points off on 295, so he did really well. And then everyone else did all right. Um, barely anyone under 100, uh, apart from Mo Abbas, who was on 50, so it's almost just like he's losing form. Yeah, that's a rare from Mo Abbas, isn't it? Yeah, it was pretty rubbish. Um, and Tom Hardy was just four shy of 100, so... Uh, you know, he wasn't too bad, but I think, yeah, Mo Buzzles. I've got a funny feeling he hasn't been on the form, but obviously, we had a break, so hmm. maybe I, my whole mind got blurred a bit with um T20 Blast, really well the last couple of rounds, by the way. And um, uh, our little chats about uh, the test last week or the testing last week, yeah, anyway, overall, quite good. Um, uh, Surrey did really well. I only had one Surrey player, obviously, in the team, but I'm sure we'll talk about Surrey a bit more later. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure we um, will. Howard, is that, a, is that a pint of beer, cider, in your hand? Celebratory pint, yeah. Oh, lovely. Right, before we get on to results, what how, how did your team... Do you want um, to... Yeah, I went big on the transfers this week, so I used all four. Um, can't remember who exactly. I brought in Simon Harmer as captain, and he went pretty well. He was about 350 points which gets doubled. Uh, brought in Shan Masood, who, as Chev said, also went pretty well. Uh, quite a responsible innings from him, second time round, from the look, mm-hmm. of the look of the card there. Uh, one other meaningful one who escapes me at the moment. Oh, Alex Lees of Durham, I brought in. Uh, I think he got 60-odd, didn't set the world on fire. Um, but that was to replace David Lloyd of Glamorgan, who I think you had as well, Spen. He's... He, did a hammy just before the T20 blast. And he, I thought he might be back for first-class stuff, but he's not, so I don't know how long he's out for. But I, yeah. I didn't waste time spending research, valuable research time wondering when he'd be back, so I just brought okay. Lee's in and saved a bit of money on a sub-keeper. Um, uh, but then, yeah, so the, the ones that went well, Harmer, Ollie Robinson, the keeper, and Shan Masood. Sam Hain got 100, but... That only translated to 165 points. Yeah. And the Surrey bowlers did okay. Sean Abbott was the pick of them. Uh, 164. Dan Worrell scored a few. Not so good from Gus Atkinson this week. But they managed to get the 20 wickets between them. But Jordan Clark keeps taking all these bloody wickets and I don't have him. He's one of those that you don't really want to bring him in, do you? Because he might... He sort of... He is a top performer. He's a high-performing player, but you don't necessarily want to for some reason. My, my plan was to bring him in when 
when Abbott leaves, because Kimar Oates already gone, and then Abbott's off at the end of July, and I thought he might bowl a few more overs, but he's, he's been taking a lot of wickets last two games. He's got a lot of wickets, so Interesting. I might miss the boat on that one. How about you, Spin? Yeah, um, stinker really for me. I'm now third in the league table, um, so I still I forgot to do any changes. I had still had Pajara in my team, Gregory, Samuel Connors, and Henry Crockham, who none of those guys have played. Obviously, Pajara out of the World Test Championship, and then my emergencies are Duckett, James Sales, Pepper, and Rodan Jones, and none of them were playing either. So the players that did play did pretty well. Like Milan got 190 points. Ollie Robinson was my captain, so that was near 600. Um, and then Jamie Porter got 204, and Ryan Ahmed got 179, and then Rishi Patel 166. So everyone who played did pretty well, but I just needed. So that's sort of what they're 500 points between myself and you now in the league table, I think. So I may have worked, may as well, you maybe have kept ahead had I made some transfers, but not all is lost. I can maybe do some bits in the next transfer window but should we transfers are a valuable commodity yeah they are I, I have a feeling this could be that if I don't do well this could be the round that really signals my demise um, I don't know if there, was a, if there was a round of Premier League football matches where Arsenal maybe felt like that as well but we'll have to see um, results wise I mean Division 1 we should just mention we're a, a badger down tonight as well yeah um, Good point. So the usual dulcet tones of Mr. Thomas won't be joining us. He's off on holiday to, what well, was it, off to a wedding in Cyprus, was it? Greece? Athens. He's off to Athens. Not much cricket in Athens, I dare guess. Mm. Um, yeah, we are down to you. So, you, I hope your flight is going well right now. Um, so, as the results, just looking at them, uh, we will get on to Surrey's run chase, because but we need to give that a bit of time. Um, just looking, Lancashire... First win of the season for them. Is that surprising? I thought it surprised me massively. Yeah, it's very surprising. Um, they've had a lot of draws, haven't they? They've not lost many, if any, but um, they have had a lot, a lot of draw, drawn games. Um, with that bowling attack, it is a surprise to see that's their first win of the year when they've had the likes of well, Jimmy Anderson running in with Tom Bailey, Will Williams, Tom Hartley's been playing. Yeah. Um, Alderson, Blatherwick in support. Um, it's a pretty decent attack, you would think. Um, but yeah, they they won that in the first innings, really. First morning bowling Hampshire out for 140. That was pretty yeah. much the game from that point. It's nice to know that Phil Salt is opening the batting for Lancashire, scoring 100. I mean, he didn't get many in the second innings, but just sort of tells me maybe to keep an eye on him in terms of he seems to be the, he seems to be sort of a basball esque opener, maybe. Um, yeah, okay, well, he scores them, scores them quick, doesn't he? Yeah, seven. Sure where Liam Livingston was uh, back from the IPL. I'm not sure why he wasn't playing. Yeah, he can't get a game ahead of George Bell, who I notice is also bowling. Um, the young. It would be surprising. <laughs> Bell's done fairly well since he came in. Perhaps there. Yeah. Out the of Livingston just being a white ball player, but yeah, I think we'll see him before the season's out. No doubt. Also brings shame to my prediction that they would bring him in for the test team. Um, then the other game, so Warwick and Notts, that was a draw. Nottinghamshire have done quite well to draw that being bowled out for 155 second innings. But um, Warwickshire, 5-7-1 in the first innings. I mean, bit of a dead, bit of a damp script at the end, wasn't it, really, in that game? But notable that um, Joe Clark got 200. 
Um, his first big score of the season as well. I think it might be his first hundred, and he's yeah. gone on and made it a very big one. So yeah, and then the first innings, Warwickshire Sam Hayne, as you know, to got a hundred. So that's. I mean, it's. I think the anomaly there is that, that maybe that pitch was quite flat, apart from not made it not flat in the first innings. Maybe I don't know. Um, we'll scoot over Essex because Hugh's obviously not here, but they did well to bowl Somerset out. Um, you got Harmer in there. Howard, but it's nice to note actually that he didn't take all the wickets, did he? It was quite like nicely spent. Nice he was my captain, and after <laughs> he picked five up in the first innings. I was saying, in no, I see. Yeah, I'm looking at the second innings. But my point was that I would, you know, second innings Harmer, you'd expect him to take seven for. Basically. Yeah, but, I was hoping for something along those lines, but he's got through 42 overs and only picked up three. One of which an absolutely worldy of a catch from Sir Alistair Cook at first slip. Yeah, I think that was James Rue. Um, um, we also tweeted in that one that uh, was it Overton's dismissal in the first innings. Yes. Yeah, that was one of his one of his wickets. Slightly uh, fortuitous, you could say. Yeah, you would say that. I mean, if anyone has seen it, go check out Somerset's Twitter because it may or may not have bounced first. I wouldn't like to comment on the umpire's decision, but it probably did bounce first. Um, now, Chev, you're chomping at the bit there to get the Surrey game. How did that go? That was a monumental run chase, right? Well, let's put it this way. I did not see this coming in terms of them still being able to win it. Uh, although Sipia played us if he had an extra day tomorrow uh, <laughs> to bring it over the line. But I think, yeah, after that first inning, which, I mean, they were poor in that first inning. So I thought... Yeah, I, I, I thought this was one of those games where, like you referring to Arsenal earlier, just write it, write it off as a result and just move on. Uh, and, and, you know, you'll have another go next time. And that's what it felt like after uh, that first innings. But somehow they pulled it out of the bag. I think, if anything, Kent will be gutted that they were unable to, uh, to, to get a result out of this one, knowing that they're still pretty much hovering around the bottom of the table. So they really needed this uh, this result, I think, and, yeah. and they set themselves up for it. You say and that, so, but, I mean, Kent were, they lost three to five wickets for like seven runs or something like that. So, I mean, they first morning they brought it back, didn't they? Kent with Cox's 100. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, oh, well, in all fairness, it's similar to what Surrey's had, similar experiences before where they just, you know, they had to put it out of the bag a bit further down, uh, whether it was whether it's in county or in, in blast, they, they tend to do that. And maybe that's something that carried over a little bit where they just don't give up and, and dig in and they get the results with uh, and the runs with uh, players a bit further further down. So I think, yeah, I, I was massively surprised. I didn't see this one coming at all. And then obviously Hugh tried everything in his mind uh, to uh, um, uh, to get Surrey to to drop wickets like flies, and um, yeah, luckily for him and for us, it didn't work. <laughs> um, so yeah, very pleased with that result. Uh, sets him up well. Yeah, I mean, looking at it, so Ken get three hundred and one saved by a Cox hundred. Everson got fifty, and then Wes Agar at the bottom got fifty one. <laughs> So, yeah, and then Surrey, one four five all out. You must have been a little bit um, worried with the wicket spread between Quinn, Agar, Kadri, uh, Arshdeep, sorry, and Everson. 
Kent, then, I mean, did you watch, did either of you watch that bowl, that second innings for Kent, the bowling? Was it good bowling, bad batting, bit of both? Or did no one watch it? Well, the Kent, I saw a bit of it. Kent got to about 140 odd for one. And by that point, they decided not to enforce a follow on. The lead was 300. They were effectively 300 for one in a, in a one inning shootout. And then late sec of the second day, Worrell in particular got the ball to do a bit. Um, Sean Abbott bowled a quite a hostile spell of short stuff and I think he might have only got the one wicket but um, the two of them in conjunction on that second evening took five wickets for I don't know 30 odd runs uh, yeah. and that changed the whole face of the game really I think uh, effectively 300 for one Kent were very confident um, and actually by the time the day had finished um, it was looking a, a lot less a lot less certain Still, having said that, they got themselves to a lead of 500 yeah. and would have been back very confident at that point. Um, but it was, like I saw a bit today, very flat deck. Yeah. Ball was not offering the bowlers anything. Um, Sibley did Sibley like things. And, uh, well, Jamie Smith on the yesterday evening was the, the game changer, a bit of a, a say wag type, not really to score that amount of runs at that. The speed he did made. Sibley's job a whole lot easier because there was just no scoreboard pressure on him. He knew if he if he batted the day, sorry, he would win, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, that, just looking at that, that is extraordinary. I didn't quite appreciate Smith's innings. So Sibley's going along at sort of thirty strike rate, and then Smith's gone at one hundred and forty-eight. So he's got one hundred and fourteen of seventy-seven balls. That's extraordinary. And then you know, folks has done himself a bit of favours there. He then got a hundred. And then what did you say earlier? How they were just sort of chipping away, weren't they, this morning? And then ended up being okay. Yeah. Comfortable. There, was, there was about 20, 25 runs off the first 15 overs of the first hour this morning. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty slow progress. Um, but that's all it needed to be. And they got the job done. So fair play. Lovely. So there we are. Surrey sitting top proudly, 123 points. That is... Is that quite? It's quite a substantial lead, really. That's about sort of thirty-two points ahead of anyone else. It's quite a decent lead. They have played one more, I suppose, than everyone else. With Warwickshire and Hampshire coming up second and third. Interesting. All to play for. Mm. Div two, probably the highlight there is. I think that's Yorkshire's first win of the season as well. Is it? Um, it's first win since April twenty twenty-two. That is very good against Derbyshire. And they nearly threw it away. And what what a throwaway that would have been. They did. I, I actually had, I probably, hopefully no one from work is listening to this, I actually had the Gloucestershire game and this game, the last session of this game, um, <laughs> after the same time. <laughs> um, do your monitor. Yeah, yeah. And don't tell my wife because I said that I couldn't go to the shops either. Um, but basically what happened there, Derbyshire probably lost that on the first innings. 111 all out with the wickets. Fisher got a five for, and then yeah, Masood and Milan really, 353, and then Derbyshire came back really in the second innings with Deploy and Hader, getting 170, 146 respectively. Um, but then Shah Masood doing what he does, 95, a good decent strike rate actually to be fair. Mm. Um, but Thompson and Watt. Um, I didn't realise that old Mark Watt was playing for Derbyshire, Scottish international. Um, did any of you, either of you? He played there last year. Did he? Oh, yeah. Foxy. Foxy from me. Very Foxy. Um, yeah, interesting. He got four foot and Thompson got two foot. But yeah, they nearly did chuck that away. Um, 
I was banking on Milan trying to maybe go quite well and get a few points, but he got a first baller. What was his dismissal? Q end. Tried to paddle sweep first ball of the game. First ball of the day. Down on one knee, little paddle sweep, just lobbed it off off the Q end straight to short leg. <laughs> Easiest catch you'll get. <laughs> At that point, seven down, I think 60-odd still to win. You'd have probably made Derby slight favourites. Bess had not been in good nick this year. Yeah. Um, he brought them home in the end, but um, it was... Uh, well, for, I think Derby were 15 for four in their second inning, still 220 behind. So to get as close as they did uh, is a very noble effort, but still leaves them now winless. And they have been leapfrogged by Yorkshire and Derby in our bottom of Div 2. So yeah. uh, tough times. That is tough. And I think, I mean, you're right. I mean, Jordan Thompson, interestingly, is described as a all-rounder on cricket11.com. So... Maybe, but if they got through those two, yeah, that would have been really interesting, wouldn't it? Um, the other games that have been tra- well, the Morgan Durham was a draw, massive, um, it's a big scoring game. That three ninety plays six three zero, which then Morgan just ended up on four two six for seven with Chris Cook, um, Bellingham one hundred and fifty, Robinson as we've mentioned one hundred, and then. Um, did you know, I think there's a stat about Kieran Carlson. Maybe we spoke about it last week or a few times in that um, his fourth first-class 100 of the season, um, which is quite impressive, I thought, yeah. Kieran Carlson. That's a name. You've got a double 100 last innings he played at Sussex and then another followed up with 160 and I think he scored 100 in the first two games of the year. Uh, he had a stinker last year. He's been a bit of a county cricket stalwart for a few years. You could always bang him in for a season. He'd be fairly reliable. Last year, he yeah. was pretty hopeless, and he's back with a bang. So nice to see that. And Captain. Of other player performances in that one, Ajaz Patel for Durham. Yeah. I think they'll be a bit disappointed with your, your international spin bowler. None for 81 off 22 overs in the first innings. Then on a third and fourth day when you're twirling away, he's gone none for 99 off 40 overs. So wickedness for the match on a surface that you would think should be giving him something by the fourth day. I didn't watch any of it. But... Yeah, and an international 10 for as well, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Not many people can claim that. Um, Chev, you must be nice to see Baz the leader. Well, yeah, I think who mentioned it earlier, I think it was actually uh, on, uh, on, on, on our WhatsApp group. Um well, good for him. Uh, as it happens, I've got Tim van der Kirsten, so... <laughs> he also uh, did very well in that game. He also did quite a, Yeah, he did all right, actually, so it wasn't too bad. I mean, yeah, I think um, uh, probably not the one to pick for this game, but uh, I was very conservative on my trades for uh, for one. So, um, uh, yeah, stuck with uh, van der Kirsten. He, he He did all right. Uh, but yeah, uh, for later was uh, very good today. Nice. And um, a bit of an under-radar signing, I think, from Durham is the fact that Craig Miles has gone over from Warwickshire to do Durham on loan um, to try and get some overs. Because Craig Miles actually has a, an incredibly good first-class record, but he just can't seem to get into the team with Warwickshire's bowling attack, as we've all noted, is is exceptional. So... <laughs> Maybe he's one to keep an eye on for Durham, actually, I reckon, up there, getting a few wickets. Um, Sussex-Worcestershire ended up in a draw as well in respect of 
Um, Sussex, 3-4-8, Worcestershire, 4-10. Libby had an exceptional game there, didn't he? He did. And just an incredible game of cricket in general, really. Sussex declared, leaving Worcester, best part of 480 overs, five and over. They took it on. Would they have taken that on in a pre-Basball era? Who knows? Um, but they did, and they got mighty close. They fought, what, four short, was it, Jeff? Yeah, eight. I, I, I'm just amazed that they didn't bring that one over the line. I mean, even, you know, if anything, make sure you're all out uh, trying to reach that target. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, make sure you lose. Yeah, well, no, you know, it feels like they didn't act, you know, if you're that close and you, and you, you know you're running out of time, how can you, and they dropped obviously a couple of wickets right at the end, but how can you not just, uh, they just came out of T20 mode, you know, they were basically in a one-day mode, uh, roughly, for, for quite a bit of, of that uh, today. Mm. Why not go for it? And if you, if you know you've got 20 minutes left, um, I think they were just, you know, eating. I don't, I'm not sure what the approach was, but I understand what you're saying. Just looking I back think it's insane. That you, I, it's insane. Six, you end up with a draw. Six runs, four runs, four runs, eight runs, three runs. So they've hardly gone hell for leather there, perhaps, and they've lost three wickets in that time frame. So going into the last last five or six overs, they're only five down and probably need no more than a run of ball. So. Didn't watch it. Not sure how they didn't get across the line, but well done them for for setting a great finish up. Yeah, I was going to say, did that? Did, do you know? Does anyone know? Did they shut up shop at the end, or like and simply just not go for it, or did they? Do you know about um, Chev? You know? we're, we're Sussex time wasting or not? Uh, Don't know. Yeah. Probably gets an eye on it, but I mean, just there, Libby got 198 in the first innings, and then he's got 97 in the second innings. I mean. He's avoided a 200 and a 100. That's extraordinary. Yeah, double drug avoidance in the clubhouse. <laughs> double drug avoidance. Um, and then um, just a quick one as well on Joe Leach is that I think he's the, since he started playing first class cricket, he's the fourth highest wicket taker in that period of which he's been playing. I think that's so. Yeah, which is like BBC Sport, which is. Do you have the top three for us? No. <laughs> let's have a guess. Who would they be since he started playing? Uh, is it just just championship or is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Championship. Yeah. Let's have a look. Let's put a cricket in. Oh, Rushworth might be up there, mightn't he? Yeah, that is true. Murta's probably up there. I was going to say a bass, but maybe let's have a look. Nah. No, do you not reckon this is... He's only had a couple of years. He's... So his first game, first class game, was in 2012. Four, well, Leeds Bradford MCCU, it looks like. Um, yeah, it was. So let's take from... The... Was that right? Yeah, it was. He was batting four. Um, so let's say 2012. Yeah, I reckon Murta's a good shout. Rushworth, maybe. Oh, baby, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Interesting. But anyway, that's a stat for him. His longevity has been quite exceptional, to be fair. So, very good. Um, yeah, I mean, that was a, that was an interesting game. And then the game that, I mean, not that I want to be biased, but ending on this one in Div 2 was Gloucestershire. That was extraordinary in that they were going quite well in the second well, Let's first mention that they nearly managed in the hottest week of the year to get another whole day 
first day of cricket washed out, didn't they? <laughs> I think, yeah, they did. They had a lot of time lost in the first day. And then, um, I mean, what happened there? Three, six, eight, all out. And they were very much saved from a big, a big, um, I was about to say a big relationship. In a way, it is a relationship. A big partnership from um, the newly recruited lone player, Danny Lamb, and um, Ajit Singhdale at the end, put on a big partnership of around, well, 110, which was great. Then they bowled Leicestershire out for 350. So it's pretty much even Stevens there. Um, Lewis Hill continues his run scoring. He got 103. Um, and then suddenly Gloucester were going okay. They were sort of two down. Price, Ollie Price, that is. And Miles Hammond got 40 and 48. So they had a big partnership. And then suddenly after lunch, Chris Wright doing Chris Wright things got four for. And. Um, Callum Parkinson took four for... Is that his first game, did you say, Howard? What's I think game? it might be his first game of the year, yeah. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. So, it was interesting in respect of... They've obviously gone with Ahmed as their premier spinner and maybe for his batting prowess as well, but Parkinson there has got four for... First innings, he also got two for... Two for. So, and then, Gloucestershire bowled out, extraordinary. So, Chris Wright had a great spell. And then, um, Leicestershire chase it down... In the end, relatively easily, um, Ackerman and Ren Ahmed went in at number three. Both went at 90s and Ackerman ended up not out at 78. So I think Gloucestershire really would have thought they didn't get enough runs and they really lost that one quite badly, um, which puts them in terms of the table. I think that puts them in second. Second bottom, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but well, good news for Leicestershire. No, sorry, go for it, Mad. I was just saying, good, another good move from this year. So, second win of the season for them. They've only lost once out of seven games into third in the Div 2 table. Yeah, absolutely. And just a big note, actually, we had Chris Wright messaged me on Instagram saying that we have underrated his batting. We've fallen short in his batting. Um, so, he's obviously won. A list- it was a big name drop, but he has won a listener, but also um, doing big things. And he reckons that we actually didn't give him enough credit with his batting. So, Chris, if you're listening today, we're really sorry. Well bold. Um, yeah. <laughs> how, many, how many did you get this week, Chris? Um, how many did he get? Yeah. One run. One run. <laughs> that is self-cheving. That is. You, can go, you can go back to it now. <laughs> Told you. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, no, that is great. I mean, they were using the kookaburra ball, right, this this round? Did, did, no, I think that comes in next week. Is that right? It's next round, I think so. I think this was the last one with the Dukes, and then I think the next two are the kookaburra. I was, gonna say, I was wondering, but just in terms of, I mean, I don't think there's anything um, hugely surprising. In those, well, it's Yorkshire and, and Lancashire winning, but I think what's quite surprising to me is... If you just go back to sort of the England selection that has just happened, um, is the fact that not many spinners really there putting their hands up, are there, in terms of sort of... You think that justifies... Well, they didn't need to after that uh, call from Mo last week. Well, do you think it justifies the Murray Nally decision? Well, I, I mean, it was always the preferred option before we put out our podcast last week. Uh, you know, and I think... Uh, I, would, I, I just didn't think he would do it, basically. But obviously, he had no doubts as soon as uh, he got the call. So, um, 
I think it's it's the based on what we've seen, it's it's the obvious choice at the moment. As a backup, knowing that he's only that this is the nice thing for him. He only needs to do this series. Doesn't have to worry about his, his his future. Doesn't have to worry about a test career. So you know, it's in a way, it's actually quite a nice way of going back into it and saying yes. Uh, it is a bit, you know, tricky if you are one of those aspiring um, uh, uh, bowlers at the moment. But at the same time, it's nothing lost because you know that he's only there for mm. a short, a short uh, a while in terms of doing this this series. So you know, if you want to have your hope, if it would be worse, and that could still be the case, obviously. But if he carries on uh, playing uh, after this. Then obviously, uh, once um, um, you got you both both your top bowlers available in that sense, uh, it gets trickier for everyone else to get for anyone else to get into that squad. But if it's just a one-off, there's nothing lost, and everyone can actually carry on, you know, developing their own game uh, throughout the summer uh, and not being completely destroyed in a in, a, in an action series when you're trying to actually make an England career and not just. You know, it could be short-lived if you if you step in now. Yeah. Do you think any other any other series, Howard, they would have chosen like another another option? If it, just because it's Nashes, they've asked Mo. Do you think? Or quite possibly, yeah, quite possibly. And do you think is, is, does it show that the cupboard is pretty bare in respect of spinners in the county championship at the moment? Yeah, it does. Um, I guess the, the other side to your first question is: Would Mo have said yes for any other series had it been? South Africa had it been Pakistan, mm-hmm. whoever would he have would he have come out of retirement for a series less prestigious than the Ashes? So that's the other side to it. But um, yeah, I mean, when we discussed it last week, no one's no one's banging the door down. There's barely even a knock at the door as to as to who gets selected. We were scraping the barrel. We came up with Rian Ahmed and Liam Livingston potentially, but they're not <laughs> really there just for their spin bowling, are they? They're yeah. they're promising cricketers who bat very well. Um, one very young with a lot of potential. Um, so, yeah, the the cupboard is bare. And a genuine question: what what is what is a better way as a spinner to hone your skills? Is it bowling on helpful surfaces where the ball is turning and you're getting a lot of assistance on the pitch and you're probably taking wickets and your confidence is going up, or do you learn more by bowling on? unhelpful services with an unhelpful ball where it's not really turning and you're having to develop the, the old classic flying guile um, to, to try to deceive the batters? Because It's a really good question. I would say that you need, as a spinner, you just need as many overs as possible. Um, and I would hazard a guess to say it's really different doing both roles. To say, like, you could be a really, really good spinner on... Um, and I might be doing him a really cool, like a really big disservice here, but let's take Ashley Giles, for example. On a green top, he'd probably be quite a decent spinner to have because he can just sort of like, he's so accurate, he can just hit a length, not take many wickets, but he can contain. But when you need a really attacking spinner, I imagine he would have needed to have honed his skills a little bit more on a really bit of a dust bowl of a wicket. So he probably would have benefited. And I think the two things are a, a different skill. Um, bowling to take wickets on a dust ball it doesn't just happen I think you've got to get the pace get the length and all that sort of stuff different so I, it's a bit of a cop-out answer but I think you need a lot of practice on both um, to be able to hone your skills but I think you just need a, a lot of overs which I don't think 
anti-championship spinners really get a lot of overs. I think... Um, it's yeah, pretty- I think the part of the reason for that is because the pitches aren't very helpful, captains are reluctant to, to bowl them. Mm. But if we had more helpful pitches, would that actually be generating better quality of spinners or would they just be more successful because of helpful conditions but then get thrown in on a flat track at a test match and suddenly find there's not that help from the pitch and they're not very effective again? So um, I don't know the answer. I think it would force, I think having dustier and more spin friendly wickets would force you to bowl and pick a spinner and therefore they just by nature bowl more Um, and then you learn. Whereas I think on, yeah, that's that's basically what I think. It's it's a really good question and it's probably one that those above us in the world of cricket need to sort out within the ECB Um, because it does seem that we're producing a lot of part-time spinners, doesn't it? Like sort of, all of the spinners that we chose for the Pakistan tour, maybe apart from Ryan Ahmed, you, I mean, I didn't realize that Ahmed was actually an all rounder in respect of his batting is, is really good, but he was previously selected because he bowled really well. Whereas I would probably say that everyone else that we've selected is a batter who bowls rather than is a out and out spinner who can then give you some runs. Um, And it's really interesting. It'd be really interesting to see someone like, I think spinning is spin bowling is a bit like, um, it's probably a bit like everything in cricket, but the older you get, the better you are. And I think we've selected a lot of young spinners lately. Um, but you look at someone like Samit Patel and Gareth Batty, didn't we take them out to Pakistan or India and they didn't light the world up on spin-friendly wickets? Batting against probably the world's best players and bowling against, sorry, world's best players in spin. But it's a, yeah, God, it's a really good question. Um, yeah, I don't know. But elsewhere in the world of Ashes cricket, did, are you surprised at any of the um, selection that's gone on? So I think it's pretty much Moeen Ali's in, Broad, Robinson, Anderson, are the rest of the bowling? Well, no, I think in terms of the bowling, they went with what uh, we discussed last week, I mentioned last week. They just, you know, guns blazing, as in bringing all the big guns in now, see if you can get ahead. And they'll worry about rotation uh, and injuries later. And I think... Uh, that, that's the feeling I've got from this first game. So they, they, they're really going to go all in, uh, as they have done in every other game, and, and that's how they've approached it to date. Yeah. They, they, they do exactly the same now with the selection, where, you know, apart from Zach Crawley, but I'll leave that there. Um, uh, you know, I think, yeah, they've really, they've really tried to go for it and, and, and put a marker down. Um, and obviously the build-up, uh, as it's been happening over the past week with Australia also winning, um, winning that World Test last week. I mean, yeah, also quite nicely now, isn't it? Here's an interesting one which occurred to me the other week. Was Joe Root came out and said it's better for me to go to the IPL and spend time with Brian Lara. Um, who else was that? You know, other people in 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 the world of. IPL cricket that he can get a mentorship from and learn different things from, etc. Rather than come in and face, you know, sort of 70 mile an hour swing bowling in the Cavs Championship. The reverse of that is you've got Labashane, Smith, um, Nessa, you know, all these Australians coming over to the Cavs Championship to play. I don't know what, I don't know what that really says about the way that we value the Cavs Championship in terms of preparation for, for test match cricket. I mean, how would you say that Who's got who? Maybe time will tell here. But do you think that Joe Root's underappreciating the county championship there, and or or not? 
No, I don't think so. And I'll come on to why. But if I'm right, Steve Smith put his name in the hat for the IPL and wasn't selected. Right. So I don't think a county championship stint was his first choice. I think he'd have rather gone IPL, didn't get an offer, and then yeah. um, thought, well, let's get some cricket under your belt. And Labashane the same? Not sure. Um, I know Labashane is, uh, he loves Durham, I'm sorry, he loves Glamorgan, doesn't he? Um, yeah. he, seemed, he seems very keen to go back and more power to him um, for doing that. But um, I think what, what Root said is fair. Is I think he's of a certain level of seniority where he probably knows his game very well. And if he thinks he's in good shape, and I think he, he said something along the lines of, I'm, I'm probably not going to learn too much or it's not going to be the best preparation for the Ashes by facing 70-mile-an-hour swing bowling. If he feels his game is in decent enough, Nick, to go and face the likes of coming Stark Hazelwood, yeah. um, then... I think you take him on his word for that. Uh, so, not uh, I don't think he was trying to undervalue county championship and even went out of his way to say no disrespect at all to the county championship and the players that operate there. But even if he'd come over and scored a couple of hundreds in, in Yorkshire's first few games, would that put him in any better position if he feels confident um, going into the series at the moment from, from his preparation he has done? Then that's fine with me. Yeah, and Labashane also went unsold, I've just seen. So that's interesting. Um, Jeff, do you agree, disagree? No, I agree, because I think he's been there and done it in terms of the county, the championship. I mean, he's familiar with the type of pitches, how everything plays. So I think it's a different ball game for Australian players who went unsold to begin with. But, yeah. um, you know, they can actually get they can actually get against some insights and, and some experience from playing here just coming into this ashes whereas you know Root's got mileage uh, 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 plenty so he doesn't really need that anymore I can see why you know he wants to uh, spend more time with the other great and cricket greats in the world and see if he can pick up yeah. anything there which I think is for him much more valuable uh, at this stage of his career when he's also dropped the test captaincy so he doesn't have to do anything in that regard yeah. Um, so yeah, even though he didn't play an awful lot uh, uh, in terms of the IPL games, uh, obviously he had a lot of time there to uh, pick brains and and and, and learn plenty uh, next to uh, a family holiday and playing golf and everything else. So you know, um, yeah, not not worried about him at all. I think it would be different if all the youngsters would do exactly the same thing. Mm. Well, Harry Brook, that was going to be my next question. Well, yeah, that's, I think, where it's a bit interesting, isn't it? I think, yes, we know that he had a great year last year and, uh, uh, and, and also uh, had a good start to this one. But, yeah, should he have just put in a bit more mileage? But, you know, he, he may just pick it up and, and go for it again. I think time will tell with Harry Brook. But, I, I, yeah. yeah, I mean... He had great tests. I, I wonder if he hadn't gone very well in the test matches, if he had, if he would have gone to the IPL or whether he had gone into... I don't know. It'd be really interesting. Time will tell there. I think it'd be a question that will continue, probably, I imagine. Yeah, but, you know, it, it, it will work for one individual one year and it, won't, and it might not the year after. Uh, there's a bit of form yeah. involved, a bit of luck. So, you know, then this year was the best decision. Next year, it's a rubbish one because uh, all of a sudden they have one or two bad games. So, yeah. uh, it's always the easy one, isn't it, to criticize? Yeah. That's true. That is true. A, um, 
Anything else? I mean, it, test team looks pretty normal, I think, don't you think, Howard? Yeah, I think the top seven picked itself uh, yeah. based on everything that we've heard from Stokes and McCullum that wasn't going yeah. to change. The bowlers, we know we know who the, the bowlers are going to be for the series. We know they're not going to play every game, all of them. So it's just a case of who was, who was picked for this first test. I think the fact that there's a week off um, between H. Baston and Lords probably helped the case for picking what is probably England's best 11. Um, you yeah. might say Mark would be would be part of that best 11 just to, to have a bit of extra pace in there. But I think um, it's on balance probably the best bowling attack we can pick. Um, so, no, I think that's fairly as expected. Um, I like the confidence of coming out a couple of days early saying here's a team. Um, no, no point waiting for the toss where you find the team sheet out. Yeah. Half an hour before play, here's the team, here's what you're up against. Let's, let's deal with it. Yeah, and just finally on this series, is there anything to worry about with Australia's performance in the World Test Championship? Do you think we've Hugh on the WhatsApp group was basically saying that we're going to get smashed because of how well they played? But yeah, I think there's plenty to worry about. They're a very good-looking side, um, worthy winners of the Test Championship. Uh, Boland looks a serious support bowler. If Hazelwood is fit, and you have to make room for him yeah. when Hazel was due back but uh, who do you leave out it's probably Stark yeah but part of Stark is a bit, he's probably the quickest of the lot on his day isn't he and the change of angle makes him a bit different but he's had a two or three tours over here and he's not performed the best relatively expensive but um, yeah Bowler looks a bowler um, yeah yeah I agree I think if, if, if there's ever a Bowler that looks suitable for English conditions. It's Boland who's nipping it everywhere. He basically, I'm not comparing. Well, I am comparing him, but he's very, very similar, isn't he? I think to sort of like Stuart Broad in respect of he's challenging both sides of the bat and pad, but he's about ten miles an hour quicker. Yeah. Um, so he looks pretty dangerous. Um, and and I sort of, Smith warming up with a hundred. Not. Yeah, and I also sort of forgot that Travis Head sort of basballed it before England basballed it, didn't he? Mm. Um, so interesting, yeah. In general, I just thought that I didn't think Australia would be. I don't know why, but I felt like they were not going to have the strongest team. Yeah. Before. That, you know, it's very weird, but I, I think it's more based on even though they made this final, they didn't really seem that exciting in the last yes. year or so. So, you know, in terms of results and everything else, they went a little bit under the radar, it seems. And all of a sudden, they've come here, um, and it's, it feels like things start, are starting to click, which could be a bit of a concern. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. It could be an interesting first morning. I, I can already see Hugh just being very nervous for him. <laughs> Yeah, probably a day off. He'll be on the Usos by the o'clock in the morning, won't he? Yeah, he will be. Yeah, I actually I don't have um, any means to watch, so I might have to get a Now TV something, a pass or something. Um, other other platforms probably are available. We're not endorsing Now TV, I must say, to our hundreds of people who listen to this. Um, we'll just end quickly just on our other leagues in respect of the Open League, where the listeners are obviously. Playing as well, where Mark P with Fusion Banquet is still top. He is also a big shout out for him because he's third overall um, on the on the Cricket11.com um, overall rankings. So that is 
quality. Um, and coming in, I've really gone down. But Steve H with his so-so snooze. Go R or go to Grant Home, John N. And uh, is third and Natural Born Villas. Uh, Gareth N is still up there at the top fourth. So, Howard, you are now fifth, sixth or seventh. Was that a big, that's a big climb for you, which is on the way up. Yeah. Yeah. So we end we end the league table with you on top, Hugh in second. I'm really had a fall with coming third, and Chev, you're I'm actually not far from you, Chev. You're on you're fourth still, but um, yeah, I'm climbing up pretty points, not in ranking, but um, you know, I think yeah, I've had I had a, a bad week or two, but I think it's um, yeah, fingers crossed. We'll right. Carry. So that was round, I think eight, wasn't it? Of the catch up. Where's round nine? When do we start again on the on the couple of weeks? The blast next week. Yeah, we've got the blast, and then I think I've got the fourteenth, the eleventh to the no. That's that's today. That is so bad. I looked at it earlier. Um, it's the Sunday, I think. Sunday the eighteenth. Yeah. Eighteenth. No. This is good podding. Um, 25th. Well done, yeah, yeah. There we go. I should have had that tab up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to put it in my calendar on the 24th to make some trades, unlike this time round. Brilliant. Thanks, chaps. We'll leave it there. Hugh, I hope you've got to Athens okay. Um, I will leave it actually on one further note is that Carlos a listener got in touch with me to say, Chev, that he felt that we gave you a very bad hand last last pod and we were a bit too harsh on your selection. He thought it was quite a good idea. Um, Thank you, because I was taking one for the teams. So uh, <laughs> I, I remember quite a few of you dropping that same folks' name and selection in the, in the WhatsApp group. And somehow I got slaughtered on the pod for saying exactly what quite a few of you actually uh, did say the other day. Right. This is the name Carlos Folks by any chance. It wasn't Carlos Folks. It was it's Carlos Camacho, actually, who is um sends from Trinidad and Tobago. Um so yeah, a keen cricket follower. So thanks Carlos for, for coming in. Um anyway, chaps, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much. Um you well, everyone has been listening to Badger Watch, an unspun cricket production. And we will see you um we might do a blast next time round, which will be nice um in a couple of weeks. Um if not, we'll definitely see you at the end of the next round, which definitely starts on the twenty fifth of June. Thank you.